Psalm 104, open before you, just let's seek the Lord, a little word of prayer as we come to the final message on Sunday evening of 2022. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee again for Thy presence. We do bless Thee for even the old hymns of Zion that we've been singing. Thank you, Lord, for these gospel hymns. And, O oh, Father, how many can testify of the truth therein. We praise thee, Lord, for thy word that is forever settled in heaven. And, Lord, for the reading of it. And we pray that thou might bless us now as we give attention even to a particular verse and to just a few words. That, Lord, I would challenge us again tonight. I might uh, come, Lord, and speak to our hearts afresh, whether saint or sinner. Lord, I can have a word in season. And we pray, Lord, that thou would have thine own way. Now might close us in with thyself. And, O oh God, for a little time, that we would, Lord, be not conscious, as it were, of who's beside us, or what, Lord, we may do tomorrow or this week. But, Lord, just shut us in with thee, that we might hear thy still, small voice speak to us. To that end, fill us with thy spirit and with power. Give me words that must and shall prevail. Give us those prevailing words we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We've arrived at the end of another year. The last Sabbath evening of 2022. And it does give us that opportunity to certainly look back over what has gone before. To cast a look backward. It gives occasion for each one of us to assess what this year has been to us. And of course, no doubt, that will differ where each one is concerned. But one thing is certain, like the psalmist, each one of us can speak of the greatness of God. And that's what the psalmist is doing, even in this particular psalm. He was reflecting for a time upon the great power of God. The one who not only led the foundations of the world, the one who causes the grass to grow for the animals to feed upon. The one who gives life to all his creatures. He can only sum up by these words. That is the psalmist. He can say, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. But from considering the earth, he then turns his attention to the seas. And there are two things in particular which take up his attention as we find it in these two or three verses here. There is the great Leviathan whom God has given the seas to play in. And whether we are considering there maybe uh, some dinosaur of some description, but it certainly was a great animal, a great fish. But the second thing that he looks upon as he stands on the shore looking out, he simply says a few words in verse 26. There go the ships. And men and women, I want to just take that little phrase. I want you to try and picture that in your mind. And I want us to Consider those words as a picture of ourselves in the journey that we have made this year and that which lies before us. There go the ships. 
Firstly, the purpose. When you see the ships that are launched upon the sea, then they're done so for a purpose. A ship is not constructed, it's not made to be sitting still, it's not made just to be lying there in a dry dock. As the psalmist states, it's made to go. It's made to work and to be active upon the seas upon which it is floated. And that was so, of course, for the very first boat ever made. God was the designer of it. God was the one who gave the dimensions of it and where its window would be and where its door should be opened unto. And Noah, in obedience to God, was to construct that first boat. Because God said to him in Genesis chapter 6, that man had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Chapter 6 verse 14, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And men and women, we read in that same chapter of the obedience of Noah, because verse 22 tells us, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. The ark was made for a purpose. And that purpose was so that sinful and unworthy souls might be saved and might be preserved from the coming flood upon the world. It was built to be used. It was built to do a work. And Noah, of course, and his family went into the ark and God shut them in. And as that ark was made for a work, so were you and I. What is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. God has created man for a purpose. I wonder, has this old year seen you engaged in that work? You know, there's something else about the ships. The ships are made to go to a destination. They don't stay in the harbor. They don't stay in the docks. They are launched onto the seas after they are constructed and made. And whether it's for business or whether it's for pleasure, they set sail so as to reach another destination, another shore in their, is their aim, another harbor in which they can safely berth is their goal. Maybe some of you have been on a cruise. And you set sail and that ship goes to a destination, maybe several destinations in your holiday week. You know, there's something else. They set sail and they leave the harbor. It isn't long before they're out of sight. There comes that point where they cannot be seen, for the horizon has been reached. The curvature of the earth has taken them out of sight. And dear people, when we consider the ships, as does the psalmist here, they're so much like life itself. We think at times that we're stationary, but we're always moving on. Another year has come, it's almost gone. The course of our life has seen us drawing closer to our final destination. For some, the voyage of life has crossed some rough waters this year. Maybe sickness. Maybe heartaches. Maybe concerns or problems in the business or the work field. Those things that they never had to face before and they've been choppy and they've been rough waters. We see even with Christ on board, it's a voyage in which storms will occur. 
a voyage in which you may be able to be tempted to say like the disciples of old when they were in the midst of the storm on the sea, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He was there. He was with them. For others, they may reflect upon this as a good year. They got promotion. They got married. There were momentous things that happened in their life. But for one and all, we are each further along this journey of life. We're each nearer our eternity. And for some who are part of our fleet at the start of this year, they're now out of sight, for they have now finished their course. They've reached their destination. How short time is. How very short our life is. James asks the question, for what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. What about your purpose of life this year? Then consider with me their power. Ships are seen to go. But the question is, how are they enabled to go upon the great oceans of water? Gone are the days, of course, when the ships depended solely upon the wind. But before engines were invented, that was the means by which they were propelled along their course. The sails were to catch the wind, the wind which blew them along. They could not make headway without the favoring gust of wind. Men and women, that analogy holds good when our lives are concerned. For if we should land on that eternal shore of God's heaven, then there's no getting there except by the blessed Spirit blowing upon us. You see, John 3 and verse 8 says this, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest it thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. We're born again of God's Spirit. God's Spirit has to work in our heart. God's Spirit has worked in many of our hearts in our unsaved days, convicting of sin, showing us our need of Christ. You cannot get to the eternal shore of God's heaven without the wind of God's Spirit blowing upon you. Did you know in the course of this old year, God's Spirit driving you along in the things of God? Tell me, is that your desire for the new year that's about just to commence around the corner? We need the wind of God's Spirit. We remember that word. It's not by might nor by power, but it's with my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts in conversion. It's God's Spirit that must bring us to Calvary. For of ourselves, we will never be brought out of our port of destruction. It's the heavenly wind that drives us out to sea. And when upon the ocean of life, we will make no progress unless we have his favoring breath. You see, men and women, we're dependent upon the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit who helpeth us in our infirmities. He helpeth us even in prayer. But consider also that the ships are enabled to go by the direction. By the guidance of the one at the helm. There's a lot of work on the great ships. 
The seals have to be managed to catch the wind. The great vessels are guided on their course by the use of the charts and the maps. And so, dear child of God, we have the spiritual charts. We have the spiritual map to guide us to that eternal shore. They are the scriptures of truth. On our way to heaven, we must study well the scriptures. We must give attention to every warning and guiding light of the Spirit of God. And we must ask for direction from above. For the ships that go do not do so haphazardly. Neither should any believer on their way to heaven. There is need for to watch and to pray. There's need to say and to pray like the psalmist did of old. Lead me in a plain path, O God. Has that been the course that your life has taken this year? What has driven you along this year? You can do no better than to seek the wind of God's Spirit to guide you, to help you, to teach you as you set your course for 2023. Do you remember what the Lord taught his disciples in that upper room before he went to Calvary? John chapter 16, verse 13. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. And God's spirit came as a result of Calvary. Because in the few verses that are previous to what I'm reading just now, the Lord promised that. He said, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send them unto you. Verse 7, the Spirit has been given as a result of the atoning work of Christ. And the Lord goes on to teach that the Spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. It's the Spirit of God that guides, that teaches. It's the Spirit of God, he goes on to say in verse 14, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. It's the Spirit of God that helps us when we open up this book, for it's a spiritual book. And we need the divine author of the Scriptures to instruct us in it. And thereby we can do well to seek the wind of God's Spirit to guide us in the days ahead. For that's the power that the church needs. That's the power that every child of God requires. The power of God's Spirit. There's one final little thought. That is the port. When we watch the ships sail, we know that they go to another port. As I look over this congregation upon this last Sabbath evening service, my question to you is, where are you heading to? What port are you sailing to? Thank God there are those, and you're heading to the harbor of rest and peace. Some this year may have started on that voyage and we thank God for that. Others and you have been upon the journey for some time. 
But all whom God has saved will safely arrive on that eternal shore one day. We may have to go through many rough seas. But the word of the Master is, Those that thou givest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Master is one who keeps his sheep. Who gives unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. To use another analogy of John 10. The eternal port of heaven will be entered upon one day. Every one of God's people shall be counted in. The great fleet of God's ships. You see we read in Romans chapter 8. In verse 30, moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say there to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Already in the mind of God, it is as if his people are glorified. Those who were justified, he is also glorified. In the mind of God is done. In the mind of God, it's already, uh, as it were, we're already there. Even though we have to traverse through this old scene of time for a little longer. But every one of God's redeemed shall be counted in. But you know, there's others. And although that is the port of your intention, yet this year has seen you again, cast upon the hidden rocks of destruction. Your captain has been the devil. And he has enticed you with sin after sin so that you've been cast upon those rocks. Like the most famous vessel that ever left these shores, the Titanic didn't see the dangerous iceberg that it was to hit. There was more of it under the sea. So the devil has deceived you into thinking that life without the Lord is more fun. And the sin that you revel in will do you no harm and will do no harm to others. When God says, James chapter 1 verse 14, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Oh, dear loved one, consider your latter end. Consider your sin is taking you to that place of eternal damnation. Will you not set sail for heaven tonight by embracing God's offer of salvation through the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? You're some others, and this year has seen you hindered on your voyage to heaven. You've run aground upon the sands. They maybe have been the sands of temptation, the sands of apathy, the sands of waywardness, the sands that have caused you to be prayerless and emotionless. The progress toward the port of heaven has been minimal. You've asked stubbornly clung on to some sin that has rendered your heart cold unto God. Dear loved one, if that is you, is that where you want to be going into a new year? It's time that you lifted anchor. It's time that you come away from that which has hindered your walk with God. He is ever merciful. 
And he can make up to you the ground that you have lost in bypath meadow. God can do a restoring work on your vessel as you journey to glory. For he's ever married to his people. It's my prayer that each one of you and those that are not here tonight are heading to that heavenly port. If not, why not start tonight? Come and be saved. Have your sins washed away in the Savior's blood. Have the assurance that you're on your way to heaven. For you know, men and women, it is that land which is further than day. And it is that place where John tells us in the book of the Revelation. You know this? He says, and there's no more sin. There's no more sin. Because when you consider the seas, it means separation. You may bid farewell to someone who's going on a holiday or going to emigrate to some other land. Those great seas in between mean separation. But in heaven there'll be no separation. There'll be no more distance between. And John saw the new heavens and the earth, new earth. And there's no more sea. May it be said of us, all are in full sail together as we go towards heaven. There go the ships. Not one of them drifting to the gulf of destruction. Will you consider those words? As we have caused to reflect over the year that is gone. And in the will of the Lord as we step into a new year just in a few days time. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts tonight. Even for his own name's sake.